This is Collaboration Booster, a podcast on how to improve teamwork. Episode 3. Have meaningful conversations about work. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines conversation as an informal talk involving two people or a small group of people. Their children's dictionary puts it even simpler, a talk between two or more people. Conversations. We have them every single day. Just today, I had more than eight conversations involving a meeting with a client about a future project, lunch with a good friend, a phone call with the customer service department of a software I use and had trouble with, a gathering of a team I'm working with, where I just listen to their conversations, a dinner conversation with my family, and a long talk with my best friend over FaceTime. Mostly these interactions are just something we do without paying too much attention to it. If a conversation does not run well, or as expected, we notice it. And if we have a truly amazing and insightful conversation, we do too. But most of us do not pay attention to the average, everyday conversation. But we should. Everything we achieve with others is based on conversations. Successful projects, good relationships, fruitful interactions, products that truly fulfill the need of a customer. They all need conversations. And the better we know how to have a meaningful conversation, the more we will be able to improve the outcome of these interactions to the benefit of all involved. For this episode, I travel to Nuremberg to talk with Christine Neithardt. She works with executives and leaders who want to learn how to have excellent conversations. She has created a leadership academy that creates safe spaces where people can really show up, as she puts it. As a person, I love people. So that's, that's the first most important thing. And I, I'm very curious to get to know people. For, for me, meeting people, that's really something which was very important in my whole life. One of Christina's projects, called Trust Temenos, creates safe environments for executives to learn how to have a good conversation. For many of them, it's a very new experience. You get, for example, let's say, three quarters of an hour or an hour to speak about yourself and everybody listens. And this three times uh, every day. And, and for some people, that's the first time in their life that people are really listening. This is really touching. And um, so establishing these rooms where you can really be vulnerable, where you can look um, to your old experiences, where you can let go these old experiences and transform them uh, and be the person you really like to, you want to be. The perfect, seemingly simple things of everyday life take the most skill and exercise. Think about the perfect crispy baguette, that ballet movement that looks so light, the musician playing a complicated piece as if it were a simple song. All these things look simple, but are in fact hard. The same is true for a good and meaningful conversation. But what then is a meaningful conversation according to Christine. For me, a meaningful conversation would be a conversation which really matters to me, which really makes a difference, 
So um, I hate these kind of conversations which end up in um, I don't know anything new. Um, I have no new perspective at the end uh, of the conversation. Um, it didn't touch me in any point and I've just wasted my time. I like to have a co-creative uh, conversation. That's for me a meaningful one where people can really show up authentically and can really show who they are. All right, understood. But why is it so important to have these conversations? Why is it necessary to have them? We all have different kinds of preferences and, and different kinds of skills. And everybody of us, we only see a part of the real picture. So um, in interacting with the other persons, we do get a better knowledge of who we are, what, what we know exactly, and what the other person is about, and, and how, how we can learn from the other person, how we can learn from the other perspective. And, um, and that makes a better um, result at the end than if I would only have uh, worked by my by my own. There are some tasks which are really good done by one person. I wouldn't say that you have to uh, work in teams in any case. Um, but most of our tasks which we have today are complex. We do we need to interact with many people, and we need this um, knowledge about the others and who they are, what they need, and. Uh, we really need to talk to them. That's also the case why we need to ask our customers what they want. And if we wouldn't ask them, I think um, we would lose our markets very quickly. So that's why we need to talk. I asked Christine what, in her experience, is the most difficult thing when learning how to have a good and meaningful conversation. Her answer blew me away because it was very unexpected at first. But the longer I thought about it, the more I realized it was true. The most difficult thing is silence, I would say. To really to bear that you don't speak. Because people think, oh, we have always to talk, you have always to think. And so silence is the most uh, challenging thing I could think of uh, for people who are really executives or are really, they know some, so many things and they want to <laughs> bring them in and so the biggest challenge is not to say anything and just to wait or to have a break in the conversation just to see if there is an inspiration coming or if there is something which you didn't think of beforehand or just let the inspiration and the creative part also come in. Most of the people, they try to control what comes out of the conversation. They go into the conversation and they say, okay, that's what I want to have. Um, to come out of the conversation and and then we do only those things we already know we already uh, experienced um, the solutions we already uh, knew and yeah and that's I think we lose so many things Wow this is so true most of the conversations we have every day are not really designed to learn something new but rather to confirm our beliefs we want to use them as tools to move forward quickly, but forget in the process that the conversation might be the one thing that truly helps us move forward and create something of value together. Christina showed me a diagram by ULAB, an initiative by Otto Scharmer at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. He studies conversations and has created Theory U, 
a way of helping people letting go of old patterns and getting to a place where they can really listen and create with others. If you go to my website, you can see a diagram of Theory U, or you can search for it online. Theory U states that in order to have a great conversation, we need to first have an open mind, then an open heart, and in the end, an open will to listen to others and to truly collaborate with them, to let go of what we know and to embrace the things we do not know yet. To really to welcome the unknown and that this is also a target. You go into the conversation and to say, okay, I want to get to know something which I don't know at the moment. Um, I think very few of the leaders, they do that. So very few are comfortable with that and um, would really say, okay, that's something I really follow. So what do we need to do first to have a good and meaningful conversation? One important thing is to get to know each other. So um, really to learn about everybody in the team, who, who is who, and also to get to know something about the private side of a person, because that really brings a link between the persons. Sometimes we meet um, teams and they never talked about something personal also after 15 years, and that's really ridiculous that you don't know that the other person um, has this and that hobby or um, that they don't really relate to each other. And I think conversation, um, the, most, uh, the most important thing is relating to people. Otherwise, you don't need <laughs> to have a conversation at all. I can see a lot of people in business objecting to this idea. There are many who want to keep work and life separate. I think you can't understand a person without knowing um, also the personal side. For example, if the other person has got a mother uh, at home and, and the person needs to take care about her mother and that's why she's coming late, maybe, or she needs to go away for some hours in between, or um, that's why maybe um, from time to time she's distracted. So, um, and if you don't know the information about the private life, then, then you're getting really angry maybe about the person and you don't understand the person and, and this information um, is intransparent and, um, and so this makes really um, things complicated and people start with assumptions about the person and they really get <laughs> very quickly into uh, really bad conversations about the person uh, if they don't know really everything. There are other obstacles of course to a good and meaningful conversation. What are they in the experience of Christine? Stressy situations are um, a really common obstacle. And in stressy situations, all the people, they fall back into the old patterns um, of behavior. behavior. And um, so that, that's a really good point to get more into relationship. Um, if you manage that, if you um, take the challenge and if you say, okay, um, yeah, this and that didn't work. That uh, didn't work out how we expected it. And let's do a retrospective about it and and see how this came. And uh, and maybe we can we can do it better next time. As so often with topics around good collaboration, we have to talk about failing. Failing and learning from the failure is also important when we try to have better and more meaningful conversations. To learn failing, I think failing is one of the most important things. Um, yeah, if you don't meet your own expectations, that you just accept it as well and that you love yourself still. This is a really a hard lecture, I think, for lots of people. Wait a moment. Does this mean that having a meaningful conversation 
will always be hard, that it's something we can aspire to, but we'll never be perfect at. Yeah, that's that's correct. I think um, meaningful conversations is um, yeah something we like to achieve, but we always need to, to go there step by step and we learn every day. And each of us, we always can go back to the first workshop and we will learn something out of that. Um, so uh, conversations, I think that's the, one of the most basic things we do as humans. And, and it's so interesting that it's so complicated. The good news is you yourself can contribute to better and more meaningful conversations in a group. You don't have to wait for someone else to change something. You can make a difference. Everybody can do this. So you don't have to be a leader to, to build up an, an environment which supports the other person. You can do this in every conversation. And if you're um, looking into the eyes of the other person after your conversation, um, the eyes are lighter and, and the person is smiling or the person is touched, it could also happen, um, then you did something for the relationship and that's, that's nice. How then can we train ourselves to have better, deeper, more meaningful conversations? Again, Christina's answer is so simple yet so powerful. One of the most important things is observing what kind of conversations we do have. So um, maybe we do have a conversation which is only like um, downloading. So we, we all only practice our old patterns. We go into the conversation and go out and we learn nothing. So we just, uh, or we just behaved like everybody expected. We didn't dare to do something in a different way or try something out. And um, I think we don't need these conversations that much. Mm. And then there are these conversations where we get into a big debate, where we, um, where we see also that the other person has got another perspective and, oh, we are surprised maybe, and we didn't think of that. And, and maybe after the conversation, it follows um, in our head that we think about it and then we say, okay, maybe there's something about that and I need to, um, I need to do small research for myself and to work into it. And there, this, um, the next type of conversation we do have is um, getting really in, in contact with the other person, to really understand the other person, know about the feelings of the other person, really see, okay, that's why he or she did it, and get in a real contact, in an empathic contact. And um, yeah, and that, that's, that's a good point, that, that you really connect to the other person. And that really sometimes already changes things. Let me sum that up quickly. There are the conversations in which we are just behaving in our old patterns. We are downloading from others, but not truly listening, not truly creating something with the other person. Then there are the debates. We want to win rather than use the thoughts and ideas of the other persons to create something new. And there are the conversations in which we really co-create something new with others, where we listen, share and have insights. Again, these different kinds of conversations are part of the Theory U diagram from the MIT. Go and check it out online. Musicians practice their instrument, athletes practice their sports, artists their technique. How can we all practice to have better conversations? Normally, we are um, educated in, in a conversation to answer. 
at the, at the same time the other person speaks, we already have our own ideas, we already um, think about solutions and then maybe in between the other speaks or, uh, or just immediately after the other ended up speaking, we push our ideas into and we do proposals and things and this is not really giving value to the other person and what the other person stated, we don't take time to really digest things and uh, and really take them into our heart and uh, and wait until we come up with, with an idea. So we don't really listen. And I think this listening skill, we can really practice. Listening, truly listening, the first practice. What else? And also having a break after somebody talked and wait a while if what, what your ideas are come about and and also, before you start a conversation, also have a silent minute just um, to calm your own mind and to be open. And yeah, these things you can really practice. Being open to new things and to the conversation going into new and unexpected directions, however, does not mean that the conversation is completely without any rules or structure. On the contrary, Christine pointed out that each truly good conversation needs structure. The difference is that the people involved in the conversation should discuss this structure and the rules for the conversation and make those rules explicit. One of the most useful ways to structure a conversation is to set a time for the duration. In the practice of agile project management, we call this a time box. Setting a time frame and a few simple but clear rules for the conversation helps a lot. Also, a person who is not actively participating in the conversation but facilitates it can be very useful to have. I think a facilitator can really help um, opening a room for uh, meaningful conversations. And um, especially when you start a project or when you start a team, um, this is really necessary to have somebody from the outside um, doing some preparations, that the right rules are set up, that you really work on the targets, that you um, set some um, practices. Uh, how you want to do this and um, and I think from time to time also it's it's nice if the team they take the responsibility to do it by themselves and to learn how to do it uh, without anybody from the outside and from time to time if there's a conflict or if there's something really important um, that you can't find a solution by yourself it's really necessary then and you think of okay now we need somebody from the outside to solve this matter because we we are so deep into the thing we can't really see think about a, a solution i think we only see the problems here and and we need somebody who gets us out of this are there any other roles that are useful for a good and meaningful conversation other than the participants and a facilitator a timekeeper that's, that's also a very useful person, um, somebody who looks only um, to your time boxes and, and say, okay, how, how much time do we want to invest on which topic? That's a really useful role. I was also interested to hear from Christine what role hierarchy plays in supporting or preventing meaningful conversations in a group. Our hierarchy can set the right frames, can set the right rules and, and can, make, uh, can open the space for, um, for having the right conversations. Um, so securing the persons and what also happens, and I think we experienced that a lot of in history, that it was mis misused 
that people trusted and the hierarchy. Um, it's, it's not the, about the hierarchy, I think it's about the power. They misused their power and, and they took things which people confessed um, for their own targets for, uh, or, or at the end they put their name on the result which was from, a, from, from an employee. And, and so people mistrusted them at the end and, and maybe they, they are right in doing this because um, they're not secure about really confessing things which are really important to them. And I think these kind of uh, practices from the, from the past really influence now the new cultures we want to build up with trust uh, because there's still this fear going on. Uh, and and how can you really trust uh, in people and setting up a, f a frame where you can really show up how you are and uh, and this is this is a real big task for um, for management to um, to see uh, how can you, how can you deal with this fear uh, because it's still there and uh, it's so easy to to make pressure and. On, on people and um, and this goes against having meaningful conversations. In my experience, for teams who are not used to having good conversations yet, getting started with them can really be a frustrating experience. Teams, for instance, who are transitioning from a culture of processes, checklists and guidelines into a more self-organized culture are often impatient when they realize that the new way of working requires much more talking, alignment and discussion. They see that as a loss, rather than as a positive development at first. Often you can hear teams like that say, let's just do it, let's not talk about it. Christina has a lot of experience with Scrum teams. Scrum is a method of agile software development. And she found a good trick to get the team started on their conversations. If you shorten the, the time for the conversation, and you say, okay, you make a really tight time frame, let's say only um, half an hour, and, and you, you know you have got more things to do than this. Uh, but you say, okay, you, you only have this half an hour, and let's see uh, how far we can go. And, and then the, t the team says after, afterwards, what, no? It's already finished? No, that, that can't be. So producing this kind of positive uh, surprises um, at the beginning, I think that's very helpful. And, and then step by step coming to the right time frame maybe and then the, the team will know, okay, yeah, that's, that's the time we really need. Having meaningful conversations is all about unlearning those old practices that are not useful to us anymore. Getting rid of these old patterns is really um, a major task we have and to first to observe how we are doing things and really to question everything because nothing, you don't know if that's the solution for the future and uh, like Albert Einstein said, we can't find solutions uh, for, our, for our nowadays um, problems with these old uh, solutions from the past. So uh, just stay open for, um, yeah, maybe there's another solution. Also from time to time, for me, it's hard to let go of my structures. I thought they may be useful for the, for the team or, um, but if they're showing up something different, and then just try it out, do an experiment and see if that works. And uh, yeah, and maybe you've, got in, you've installed a very beautiful new practice. There is one last aspect of conversations that I wanted to get Christina's opinion about. 
Often in organizations that I work with, I notice that women do conversations in meetings very differently to men, that their conversation style is different. What can they both learn from each other? Yeah, I think for, um, for women, it's often a problem saying no and um, being very um, clear on your targets, what you want to achieve and not giving up for the sake of others. So um, that's a really uh, <laughs> a common pattern which we have there um, and we can observe it very often. And it's so important to really learn from, from men who are really staying there and say, okay, that's what I need and that's what I need from you and that's what I want to achieve. And, and we need this also, we need, as women, we need, we need to, uh, to practice this. And from, from the man perspective, um, they can learn from, from women um, how, to, how to listen and, um, and how to um, integrate other people into, into the conversation, not only do it by your own, um, also accept help. So that's a real big issue for men sometimes. Um, and, um, and really also let go things, just not to control everything, just uh, also, uh, yeah, invite things which you haven't uh, planned beforehand. Having meaningful conversations will always be a challenge. But if we think about it as something we can practice, learn from our failures, improve step by step, Conversations can become true drivers for change and innovation for us as teams, groups, and organizations. If you want to learn more about Christina's work, you can go to trusttemenos.com online. Temenos is Greek and means a piece of ground surrounding a temple, a sacred enclosure. This is where Christine and her business partner Olaf teach leaders to have meaningful and secure conversations. Thank you for listening to episode 3. I asked Christine what postcard I should cover next, and she thought that don't know, ask would be a great follow-up to the conversation topic. I am looking for a person who is an expert in asking questions at the moment. If you want to nominate an interview partner, just contact me. I am Nadja Schnetzler, and my passions are innovation, collaboration, and communication. You can find out more on my website, wordanddeed.org. That is word-and-deed.org. Dash, dash,